What's up, all you motorcycle enthusiasts? D Woods from the V Twin Life. Welcome to another mile post of the V Twin Life, where we talk motorcycles powered by those V Twins. What feels our passion about and why we enjoy them so much. This episode of the V Twin Life is sponsored by that Northwest brand, Crashing Clothing. You can find them on the World Wide Web at crashinclothing.com and on Instagram at crash underscore inc. And if you're on the website and order yourself some crash gear, don't forget that promo code CRASH1, all uppercase letters. You will not find that promo code anywhere else on my social media. We just do that here on the V Twin Life as a way to say thank you for tuning in, save you a little money, and uh, get yourself some of that crash gear. And if you're in that northwest corner of Oregon, don't forget Paradise Harley Davidson, where they do have crash ink on the shelves. So if you're that way, hey, stop and say hi to the guys down there and get yourself some crash ink gear. And if you're looking for a new windshield for your motorcycle, don't forget Long Ride Shields. You can find them on the World Wide Web at longrideshields.com. And hey, if they got something you like, we got that promo code, the VTwinLife15. Use it at checkout. Save 15% off anything Long Ride sells. So hey, check them out. Now let's twist the throttle and get into my post 28 with a man by the name of Ken Go Home Andrews. This guy is a Hokahe veteran. He is a veteran of the Iron Butt Rally. He's done more Iron Butt rides than most of us, I think, might dream of doing in our life. And his numbers keep going up as we get into this. You start hearing how many of these he's done. You're going to be mind blown. So let's get in this mile post with Ken Go Home Andrews. What's going on, Ken? Hello, Denver. How are you today? I am good, man. Hey, thank you so much for uh, for coming on the Beach Twin Life and talking some motorcycles with us. Absolutely, man. I enjoy this to the nth degree. It's just incredibly fun. Awesome. Yeah, I've enjoyed our, our conversations, you know, kind of doing a little bit of homework on the research and, you know, looking at some of the uh, Iron Butt Rally statistics and, you know, some of the ones you've done and Man, it's crazy that you also made a checkpoint of all places. You came to my hometown in Port Angeles up to Hurricane Ridge to make a checkpoint in the 2019 IBR, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely. Mount Olympus up there was, was one of the stops. I was on the first leg. I, uh, I, I'd come down with shingles the night before the IBR started on the back of my head of all places. And I felt like I had a nest of fire in my helmet. And by the time I got to Mount Olympus, that was my furthest northwest point before I was heading back to Kennewick, Washington. And I was ready to quit. And I had to go up there to elevation. I don't know. It's somewhere up there, 12, 13,000 feet, I think. And and I was just miserable coming out of there. And and then when I came down through, I guess it's Tacoma, there was a, a backup wreck. There was a horrendous. And I'm watching the clock. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to DNF. And everything. trying to get to the first checkpoint. Beautiful. Oh, it is. Yeah, but Mount Olympus, I think it's – I mean, Hurricane Ridge, I think, is around 6,000. But, yeah, you hit Tacoma. There is never a good time where traffic doesn't suck in Tacoma. It's it's always backed up. It's horrible. I, I've never had uh easy time getting through there or Portland any time I've ever been that way. And it always seems that I'm in a rush, even though, you know, that was a specific iron butt rally, and, and it is time to have a certain window, but – even when I'm doing the other things I do as well, I generally have myself on a time schedule because I have all my points of interest logged out in front of me. And you get two, three hours behind, it just ruins everything that you're trying to do. It can put a little monkey wrench in plans, that's for sure, especially on something like that with where you got time windows to, to make your stuff. I can imagine that could get a little little frustrating when you get behind. You're going to try to figure out, hey, how can I 
make some time. Yeah, you can't beat the clock. That regardless of what people say, hey, it's on there on your GPS, and you're looking at it going, I'm going to beat that. It's like, no, 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 that's not going to happen. You can't, you can't go that fast. So the, the 2019 IBR, the Iron Butt Rally, you came in, if I'm not mistaken, 14th place overall. 14th place overall for my first attempt at it. And with some, my, my first leg was just horrendous. I came down with the singles. I, I had a wreck on top of uh, Mount Evans, which is the highest through peak in the United States of America. I went down on ice up there. And my hand was actually stuck on the throttle. So I had the throttle wide open and I'm spinning in circles on this ice looking at the out going, Oh my God, what's going to happen here? This is bad. This is bad. <laughs> so it took, it took like five of us to be able to pick it up on ice and get it stood back up. And uh, the bad thing, I took a picture while I'm up there with my flag and everything. And the bad thing was there wasn't any of the ice on the road in the picture. So it cost me uh, like 2,600 points when I got to the checkpoint. And it, that, it's, it's just incredible when things like that happen to you because it's so demeaning. Because here I was when I hit the first checkpoint, and I'm like, I, I had some mistakes, and I was in 48th place. And I'm like, okay, that's good. That, that, that's got me targeted in the right direction. And then they come back and tell me, they say, hey, uh, we can't give you credit for that Mount Evans. I said, okay, all right, I understand that. They said, but there's something else. And I said, what's that? And I was in Cordell, Colorado uh, after going up there the first thing in the morning. And uh, – I had to get the steam engine and I'd actually got the wrong steam engine across the road from this museum. They said, we noticed that you got the wrong steam engine that we gave you credit for. We're going to take them points away. So I went from 48th to 69th place. Oh, geez. Yeah, so it's like, ah, you know, it's like, oh no, this, this is disastrous. You know what I'm saying? But you're still in the game right there. So you just got to keep trudging on. I mean, the, the IBR, just like the Hoka Hay, are these incredible things that are, it's not what you do today. It's what you do through the entire event. And, uh, and they call it 11,000 miles in 11 days for a reason. It's not easy. It's not everybody's cup of tea, that's for sure. No, I don't doubt that. Now, with the IBR, are the rules when it comes to staying with your bike similar to the Hoka Hay? Uh, negative. Um, actually, in the IBR, you have... Uh, you have scheduled rest stops that you have to finish within windows and the rest stops, they give you a value of point for them that it makes it where you want to take the full rest stop because you can't outride the points to find another site because it's, it's a huge scavenger hunt is what it is. And, and all these sites are worth different point values and uh, the point values are measured by how difficult they are to get to. Um, and, and so, when you're looking at that, you're going, okay, I can take the rest stop, or I can go try to get these points. Do the math on it, and just take my rest stop, and I'm getting. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So then you've done. I know. I didn't want to say because I don't want to get the number wrong. Now over was it 54 or 56 Iron Butt rides in one calendar year? I did 54. I. It's a funny little story. Uh, <clears throat> a friend of mine, Dan Crowley, and I were speaking because he was selected for the 2017 IBR. And uh, I was talking with him, saying, trying to get a little insight what maybe would help me get into the IBR. And he was talking about what he did the previous year. And he had told me, he said he did 26 iron butt rides in a year. And I was like, dang, that's a lot, dude. You know, that's, that's one, you know, one every other weekend or however you want to manage it. It's all different. Yeah. And uh, so I was talking to my friend Ken Cowart, who's actually my long distance ride buddy. And he's a Hoka Hey guy. And he lives about 10 miles away from me. 
Um, I was talking with him about it. I said, hey, Dan Crowley told me he did 26 iron butt rides in a year. And Ken's looking like me. And he's like, wow, that's that's a lot. I said, yeah. I said, I'll think I'll do 50. And my buddy Ken looked at me and he said, you can't do 50. I kind of thought about it for a second. I looked at him and I went, you're right. I think I'll do 30. And I ended up coming in the end of the year with 54 of them. That is flat out impressive. I mean, you average it out. That's, you know, like 1.1 a week. Um, it's crazy because, you know, some of them I was doing in springs. I would do 1,000 miles. And, and I wasn't just doing 1,000 miles in 24 hours. I was also doing uh, the 1,500-mile, which is called a bun burner, the 15-mile in 24 hours as well. Because when you're working for these different mile-eater statuses that they have in the IBA, the Iron Butt Association, uh, that writes how many rides you've done, you have to have a certain quantity. And if you want to reach diamond, which there's a higher tier called black level, but I'm at diamond right now, the second one, and I'm the third person to reach that. Um, you have to have 25, 1500 mile rides and 75, 1000 mile rides to be able to qualify for it. So you have to have that combination. Then going forward to the black, it takes a hundred, uh, 1000 mile rides and a hundred, 1500 mile rides to reach that next. Now, is that overall, or is that would be for a calendar? No, year? that's overall. That's overall. Overall, okay. Uh, there's there's a man, an incredible man named Dave McQueenie out in California. I don't even know how many this guy has. He's he's a legend, and he's legend. He's been doing this. He's been doing the Iron Butt Association's been around since about eighty two or eighty four. The I the IBR has been around since that long, and Dave McQueenie's been riding these rides since then. And he's just this little old bird. You see him, but man, can he ride the dickens out of a motorcycle? He's something impressive. You know, it's funny. I've been a fan of the IBA for a long time. And years back, I was up at my dad's shop because me, me and my dad, we both, it's something we enjoy. We ride together. It's a lot of fun. And I was, I was telling him about the Iron Butt Association, you know, talk about some of the rides. I mean, they sanction a lot of them, as you know. And so I'm going through it, talking to me. He's like, why would you want to do that? He goes, it's just, it's stupid. It's retarded. And, you know, he's giving me a bunch of flack for it. But it was a couple months later, you know, I'm up there. We're hanging out doing something. He's like, hey, did you see my little thing hanging on the wall over there? My license plate? And I'm like, well, no. And I look at it. Here's his Iron Butt Association license plate and his plaque because him and his buddies went and took off and did one. Oh, is that right? I'm like, you dirty dog. You, you know, pitch me all kinds of garbage about it, say it's stupid, and then you guys take off and go do one. I'm like, yeah, that, that's just low. That's great. <laughs> that's wonderful. Um, you know, doing it, 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 it's really, really rewarding to me. And then when you get into, you know, like I did my first one. I did my very first one, I think, in 2013. And uh, one of my, my very first Harley that I had, and it was a, a Heritage. It was a 2011 Heritage. And uh, I got it because I finally turned 50 years old. I told my wife, I said, that you got your remodel on your house. You've got this brand new pool. You got this outside kitchen, everything. I said, now it's time for me to come for me. I'm going to go get my Harley. She said, can I pick the color? I said, can I buy it today? She said, yes. I said, let's go. <laughs> That's the bike that I took. And I, I had a friend scheduled to go with me and he bailed out on me last minute because that's what people do. You, you never, never try to schedule something like that unless you know somebody is really firm with it. Um, but my route was from Little Rock to Tulsa to Oklahoma City, outside Fort Worth, down to Shreveport with an intended stop at Shreveport because I didn't want to come back up this Highway 3 at night because it's just incredibly loaded with animals. 
So I, I did this. I left my house, and I've got the worst gear imaginable. I'm wearing an old leather coat that my dad gave me. About half the zippers are broke. I've got a $100 helmet. I'm looking at it right now on my another table in my office. It's just pitiful. And I've got this skid lid, these fingerless gloves, no gauntlets. I'm wearing ski pants for my, my winter pants. And I leave, and it's like 35 degrees for the rock. And I get fighting this the whole way there. That is just incredible. I'm burning gas. I'm having to stop. And uh, hit Tulsa, and it's like 72 degrees. When I go all the way back around, I get down to three, four, like 20. I am like frozen to the core. So I go to my casino that we generally go to, and I get my free room, and I decide I'm going to go down and gamble a little bit because I have a little bit of time. So I go down there, and I end up staying a little bit longer than I wanted. I won 650 bucks, which was cool. And I woke up the next morning at 8 o'clock, and I would missed my alarm for 6. And I've still got about 190 miles to get back to Little Rock. And I'm just, I, I mean, I wake up, I, jump, I don't brush my teeth, I don't pee, I don't do nothing. I'm in straight-up panic mode because I'm thinking if I mess this up, my wife will never let me do another one of these again. And I just happened to get lucky, and I jumped these guys in this big Toyota uh, Tundra, and I guess they were late for work. And they ran me all the way up to Hope, Arkansas, which means that I spent about another hour and 45 minutes without going pee. And when I got to Hope, I knew I was able to make it. I pulled over in a gas station. Let things go, and I pulled into Little Rock with about twelve minutes to spare on my very first. Oh, yeah, brutal, absolutely brutal. Man. Um, for my hundredth iron butt ride, I rewrote that entire track, and I got it done in fourteen hours and twelve minutes. That's nice. <laughs> so that made my diamond mile leader right there. I, I thought that'd be a cool way to go and say, "Well, let me see what I could do if I really do this." Of course. The next time I did it, I run with an auxiliary fuel cell on my bike. You can't use those on the Hoka Hay. No external fuel sources. But with uh, iron butt things and IBR, you can run up to 11.25 gallons. I'm, that might, I might be off there. I run 10. I have a four-gallon uh, four BAM spun aluminum tank. That's, um, I have it on a, a pump or it can gravity feed. And I let it gravity feed and the pump is there. Sometimes I want to get it in there faster. And, uh so I can use either one of them. And with the with the uh, additional fuel, the 10 gallons, I can go 400 miles before I need a fuel stop. So that, that especially works out well when you're doing the 1,500-mile and 24-hour rides. It really saves you a lot of time. And you can get them things done in 21 hours and some, uh, which, which is really good because they're incredibly difficult. Yeah, they're not easy. I did – well, I – I haven't sent mine in to be certified with the IBA. I did a ride one K in a day last summer where I left Port Angeles, Washington. I left at three 30 in the morning and I rode cross Washington through the panhandle of Idaho to Missoula, Montana. I went up over Lolo, Montana and down to Boise, Idaho. And I did thousand fourteen miles and 19 hours with the time Wait. change. And it was a blast. It was yeah, a blast. Your, your average first-time riders are generally in that 18, 19-hour range because they're taking their time. Just, and they don't realize me. I can I can leave out 
I'll leave about three, four o'clock in the morning. Well, I leave at all different times. It doesn't matter to me. Sometimes I'll leave it at three o'clock in the afternoon so I can be there at three o'clock the next day. And I'll overnight somewhere. I'll stop, get some beer, get something to eat, jump in my hotel room or see something. Uh, I've actually did a thousand mile ride in 24 hours and I logged 54 different stops while I was doing that ride in one 23 hours and like 40 minute time period. So a thousand <laughs> miles and I visited like 19 World War One uh, Doughboy statues. I visited like 17 Statues of Liberties. I visited eight Tour of Honor sites. I had like 11 fuel stops while I was in it. So it's like, I mean, people are just like, "Are you, what is the matter with you? And I'm like, I don't know, but this is fun. <laughs> so. It is. And, you know, some people look at it, it's like, why would you want to ride a thousand miles in 24 hours? And you look, you know, I look at it as you got the motorcycle community as a whole. I mean, it's, it's not a super large group. I mean, yeah, probably now there's maybe close to a million guys riding motorcycles. Then you, you look at the guys that want to do these kind of runs, whether you're doing, you know, whichever society you want to go with. And to be one of the person that rides, you know, a minimum of a thousand miles in 24 hours, you're kind of a, an elite group inside of an elite group. You know, you're, you want to push it a little bit, say, Hey, you know, mentally, physically, can I do this? And, it's like once you do one, they are so addicting, and you find it. I had a lot of fun. People look at me it's like, How, "Why do you think that's fun?" I'm like, "Dude, you'd have to try one to find out." I said because you know what, it's a lot of fun. And for me, I like leaving earlier in the morning. I'd rather you know get to my destination kind of late in the evening and not have to ride so much in the dark, especially if I'm heading towards an unfamiliar area. Like you know, I was going through Lolo and going down through uh, Idaho. And, you know, the beautiful sunset going through the panhandle. I mean, it, it was it was such an awesome ride. And I can't – I mean, I'm hooked. I can't wait for springtime. I got a good friend here that I, that I do some riding with. He wants to go do one, so we're going to do one together. And it's – they're just so much fun, so addicting. And you just start planning. It's like you get out an atlas or a book or look in Google Maps. It's like, hey, you know what? How far is it to here? Well, if I, I can take this little dog leg here and – yeah, before you know it, I mean, you got all kinds of ideas planned in your mind. Your mind's going 900 miles an hour. It's crazy. You ought to see my map. I think I'm over 135 iron butt rides now. One of the things I like to, it's kind of unique about what I've done. People doing them all the time. Outback, circles, things like that. Um, of the 135, I've only done one exact route twice every one of my rides so they all have their own different ride name and they're all different locations with different points of uh, i'm one of the half a million mile on a motorcycle that's not the greatest thing but it's i'd really like to be a million mile guy someday i hope if i can if i can stand up to the cause and uh, i've logged almost five thousand sites while i'm at it so people are like well yeah but you're just riding in circles you're burning that time i'm like no 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 i'm i'm seeing these places going to these iconic sites i'm seeing the, the historical things the content just incredible the year before last i did what they call uh, a master traveler where i visited 82 national parks and, uh, and i think i went through 29 states and 82 national parks all the while i did actually took up a month of my time I, I did it in what's called the tour of honor master traveler which only takes Seven month window in which to be able to pull this off. So I lost a month of the IBR, which means I had six months to do this. And I visited all these parks, and at a minimum, I would at least 
watch the film. And so that, that takes even more time. And then the timing of hitting the parks at the right time because they're only open certain days. They're not open every day of the week. Their hours are limited as well. So uh, it's, a, it's incredibly different. I, I would use the Iron Butt rides to get me places so I could start visiting them and turn around and Iron Butt back home because my wife keeps me on a schedule. She's like, you got five days, mister, and uh, you need to be back here. You need to be reporting. You know, so I have to do that. But like I said, I love to use the I just had a wreck on the Hoka Hay and had a compound tip fib fracture. I was down for three months. And my first ride back, I did a ride over to uh, Amelia Island, Florida, about 1,020 miles. And I spent two days over there enjoying the water. Great. <laughs> the sun was shining. It was 40 degrees back home. I'm like, hey, look at me. Look at me. <laughs> it's wonderful. To yeah, they're freaking huge. If people haven't seen them, I mean – God, the bellies are That's almost five feet off the ground. Right under the dang thing, right? Yeah, I used, very you, true. You were talking about Lolo Pass and going through Missoula and stuff, and one of the Hoka Hayes took us through there. But I've, I've done a couple of 48 and 10. That's all 48 states. I give you 10 days to do it in, and you route yourself all through it. And, and uh, one time I used Lolo Pass, and one time I went through Spokane. Was Spokane, Spokane, I don't know. Uh, the first one was an, an absolute tragedy. I rode this thing all the way through. And the weather was just horrible. It was horrendous. It poured. I kind of have a moniker known as Rain Man a little bit. And, and, uh, and I mean, it just the whole way through. It was hail. It was sleet. It was all the elements stayed on me the entire way. And, and I, I finished it off in Slidell, Louisiana after going through Spokane. And I got home and I did my log about a month later. And, and I found out that I'd missed Florida by about 1.2 miles, so about 2.4 miles because I yo-yoed, and I missed Florida, and I was like, oh, no, man, this is crazy. What are we doing? So I called my wife, and she said, what are you doing? I said, well, I just called the dealership, and uh, they said George said he's going to put a new back tire on for me, and I'm taking off in the morning, going back up to our son's house to go ride it again. The second time I went and rode it, I rode through Lolo Pass. I used that for the get around that time just beautiful that's that's wonderful i've been through there a few times so yeah that's great country up there it is it's freaking beautiful to ride so you know i did it in august and man it was freaking gorgeous and the funny thing it's like once i hit eastern washington around the moses lake area i mean it it got into triple digits by nine in the morning and i mean i hit missoula it is probably 106 ish i mean it's it's flat hot i mean my you know my ambient temperature gauge and my freaking and my road glide is pegged at 120 and i pull into grizzly harley davidson because i happen to see the sign it's like hey you know when am i going to be back here you know shit got to get a t-shirt and a chip and enjoy some air conditioning and then as i hung there for a little bit i started up low low paths you can see a little bit of you know dark clouds a few of them in the air and I hit the summit, and it absolutely freaking oh, no. downpoured. I mean, I got just freaking soaked. I'm like, are you kidding me? And then it's like, God, this, you know, it kind of feels good. And then I wasn't more than 10 miles down the other side. And all of a sudden, it's like you hit the canyons, and the rain is gone. And then it's oh. like you're in a sauna. And I think I was driving oh, my goodness. 10 miles. And, and that's where the twisty is coming down that side, right? All the way down following the river. That's beautiful country, man. Yeah, you follow the river, you know, you follow the river going up and then you follow the, uh, what is it, South Fork of the Clearwater going down. And oh, it's yeah. and that one beautiful. in, I guess, Highway 12 in Oregon. I mean, they're just two of my favorites, bar none, man. They're way up my list. That's for sure. Yeah. 
395 in Oregon. It will head south down out of Pendleton. That is an absolute gorgeous What's that, one, too. Uh, over there in the Umatilla as well, when you're heading over, coming across and heading over, coming out of it, heading towards Bend and down in that area, that's pretty spectacular as well. I, I just love that area. I can't wait to get back out there. Um, the next IBR is starting out west. I've been, <clears throat> excuse me, I've been selected to ride in it again as well. Uh, you were you were talking about your poker chips. How far along are you on your poker chips? Um, I'm not really far. I think I got You're about ten on it. so that, that's, far. That, that'll get your uh, yeah. That'll get the 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 juices flowing to get you further. I think I'm at about four fifty right now myself. Adam Sandoval, nice. and Scoot in America. Really, I I was doing it myself, and then I saw him, and he's. He's one of the only people that I know that have logged in. He's gotten every one of them. That's a motorcycle shop and even some of the T-shirt shops in the entire country. That's uh, Adam Sandoval or Scoot in America. Yeah, you know him? I, I, oh, yeah. Good, man. He's a, he's a good oh, guy. Yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah, we run through the same Very circles. True. And he's close to me over here. I'm going to go visit his campground and check it out. K, it's called K Campground, I believe it is, over in Oklahoma. Yeah. The, the K River. River that is. K yeah, River? Like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. go see him. He's a good dude. Anybody gets a chance, and he helps out veterans. And I'm, I'm a big proponent for veteran causes. I happen to be one myself, and, uh, um, and I served. I, I joined after the, uh, after I got out of high school, and I served. There wasn't any conflicts going on at the time because I'm of the age between Vietnam and Grenada. So uh, I'm just, I'm a veteran. I'm, I'm just your basic veteran, you know. But he helps all veterans. You go there at his campground, you get to stay there for free. Uh, I actually, I know you were talking with my friend, Riot, who's an incredible individual, raises a lot of money. And it's kind of funny. Well, not funny. It's kind of different. People don't realize the good that people who ride motorcycles do. And we all tend to seem that we have some type of charitable organization that we're working with. And, and me, I've, with, three, I, with three Hoka Hayes that I've done so far, um, I picked up a, a Native American youth group over in, at a church in, in Muskogee. And I've I did a, a, a family and woman's shelter over in uh, Tahlequah. And then this last one, I did Fisher House, which, which benefits our veterans and puts their families up when they're, when they're going through their rehab and surgeries and things when they're trying to recover for what they've been through. So, and I'm going to continue with Fisher House because I didn't have as big a campaign as I wanted to. Um, so we're going to try to do more for them this year. Um, and, and I'm excited about that because things are opening up and I have friends that have a barbecue team called Dilla Gaff that that uh, helped me out with my fundraisers and stuff and we really do a good job with that but it's wonderful how all of us in the community do get behind things and and you can't even imagine the different things my, my friend Ken Coward he uh he uh uses special olympics uh there's a lady uh down in Florida Dana Darcy she's always helping cats these cat shelters and things like that so so everybody has their own cause that they're that they're endeared to you know just like Duchesne's with Riot. I mean, it's a wonderful thing, right? Oh, absolutely. Before we get too far, I just want to say, I mean, you know, as you being a veteran, I just want to, you know, thank you for your service and, you know, enlisting and doing that. Veterans are something that I I also hold high and dear to my heart, you know, my, on both sides of my family. And even with my in-laws, you know, there's, there are many veterans and there's something that I hold, hold high standards to. And I, I like to, give them what they have coming. That's another reason why for many years I've oh, ridden awesome. with the Patriot Guard, you know, supporting, supporting these veterans, doing flag lines, funeral escorts, and anything we can to help, to help our, you know, our veterans. And that is one group that I really enjoy giving my time to and helping out when I can. And 
I've done it for a while, oh, and I, just, I really enjoy it. I'll tell you another one you should look at as well, and it's called the Tour of Honor. And a lot of people haven't heard of it, and it's growing. It's been growing exponentially every year, and uh, it's a, uh, it's uh, like one of the grand tours type uh, type of rides. It starts April first every year, and it ends October thirty first. And uh, they have state sponsors for every state, and what they do is they pick out seven different memorials and monuments for our soldiers firefighters first responders along that line and every year they're different and people go out and see how many of these they can collect in a year they work for the Scholemeyer trophy at the end of the year um they have a, a rides that ride along in with it uh, when it starts april 1st it's like a it, it's a huge competition because the first three people for every state that get all seven of the sites in that state get a trophy so it's like it's like a madhouse for the first two days seeing which trophies are. I've went to other states. Other people go to other states and set up just waiting for midnight for those sites to come on, route their fastest route as quick as they can, get on their bike and go. I mean, it, it's on. It's go time at midnight. And if you ain't going, you ain't getting. So it, it's pretty unique. And uh, it's called the Tour of Honor. I think it's, it's about 125 bucks a year. You get a flag, you get a, get a T-shirt and everything with it. And, you get a finish certificates and pins and there's all kinds of different awards that you could work towards on it. And it's incredible because it takes you to these places you would never think you're going to go. It's going to take you off that beaten track. It's going to take you to that back road. And not only that, you might be in a back road and it's going to take you back roads to get to the next one while you're at it. And then they have these ride-ins that go along with it. I told you about the, uh, the master park traveler but they also have what they call uh searching for a lost generation they have these world war one doughboy statues all over the country and now the database is marked there's almost 500 of them but there was a particular artist named e.m vakesny and he made these statues back uh back in the the 20s and 30s until he passed away i actually committed suicide incredible um from spencer indiana but uh there's he, he originally people said there were about 300 of them out, but there's only about 170 of them been found now. Um, so my grandfather was a World War One doughboy in Africa. And because of that, a couple of years back, I went and I visited 200 World War One doughboy statues in the Tour of Honor season, uh, just all, all over the country. They're they're incredible. The E.M. Vikesnys, and of course, now there's so many, the database has grown so much. I've probably seen about 350 of the 500. So now my focus is to try to close out that category. That'd be really cool. I'm going to have to check. I've heard of the yeah. tour of honor from a few people, but never knew a whole lot about it, but no, I'm definitely going to look yeah, at it. It's like, it's like 125 bucks. You get a flag, a t-shirt, like I said, and then um, you, they have three different charities that you can choose from and they donate a portion of the proceeds that you pay for your entry fee to the charities as well. Fisher house is one of them. And that's why I picked up on Fisher house myself. So, and then you can donate as much or, or do a fundraiser and put more with it or whatever. They've had people, believe me, people do, people are incredible. They, people amaze me, man. I never lose my faith in humanity because somebody always comes around and shows me something and I go, that's what I'm talking about right there, man. That's what I was looking for, you know? Yeah. It's, it's just great. Um, this year they've, uh, we have one of the riders that rides with us. His name is Rob Carlo, and he has a thing called America's Ultimate Long Distance Riders. And it's a, 
it's a self-guided tour. There's no money. There's just stickers and fun. And you're looking for these different kind of things across every state has like 11 points available. I'm actually the 2017 champion. And I've been runner up like uh, three other times other than that. And uh, you, you get the tour of honor sides. You get the Doughboys. You, you look for roosters or you look for rail cars. They just have these different categories that every state has them. And you try to find them and you try to score more points than everybody else for the year. Uh, I have one year I, I rode 90,000 miles, one year 88,000 miles, one year 82,000, one year 78,000. I, mean, I just, oh, over, a, I, I average over 80,000 miles a year over a five year period. I hate to say I, 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 that's terrible to use that term like that, but I think we're trying to get information out to other people out here that'd be listening to, to what you have going on, which is really cool, by the way. And thank you for having me here today. Um, I, I just get wound up. I get excited, exploded. People start looking at me and go, whoa, 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 back up and let me hear about that again. And I'm like, okay, well, let me start back from the beginning, you know, because all these incredible stories through all these miles that I've put in and all these things that I've seen is just nuts. Um, the people that I've met, I don't know if you saw any of the pictures of my book that I carry around with me. I've heard about that. And that's very inspiring because I heard about that from Riot. And that's something that I want to also start because I think that is just, super cool and you know having you on here is kind of exactly what i wanted from doing this the v twin life podcast is hearing other people's stories i mean you know I, I heard about you from riot and you know i've you know through uh different long distance pages on facebook i see we're in some similar groups and you know it's something i enjoy and then being able to share some of your stories and you know some people that are really into the long distance riding. I'm sure, have, you know, I've heard of you. I mean, you're, when you look at the rides you've done, it's so impressive, you know, the numbers of miles, where you've been. And that's the whole point of this is to share your, like this episode. I mean, this is, this is your episode and to share your stories, let more people hear it is I'm that's honored awesome, to have you out here. I think it's so cool. Just hearing, hearing all this and, you know, it's exactly what I wanted out of this. And it's, it's so cool, but yeah, your idea of the book, I'll let you kind of share, sure, sure, sure. you know, what it is. And and that's something that I'm going to start doing, too. I'm going to keep one of my tour pack. I'm telling I think you, it's an awesome you start idea. as soon as possible. That That's just all I can say there because, I, my God, I wish I had started this so much sooner. I can't even imagine what it would be. I'm, I'm almost positive that that I'm going to have a book out of this. There, there's no doubt in my mind. I already have a already have a title for it and everything i'm not going to reveal but but i have a great idea that i think of work and uh when i did my first 48 states in 10 days and that's generally somewhere around about an eight thousand mile ride you get 10 days a lot of people do it in seven i took i took all of it both times the second time i did it i did five thousand miles in five days to start it off and i coasted the next five days to the house i mean i had i visited museums and all these all kinds but but anyway so i took off on this i took off on this uh 4810 ride my very first one and i had this little black book that you can buy at walmart and they're about i don't know six inches by four inches they got about 94 pages in them 188 pages whatever uh, front and back and and my wife said what are you gonna do with that i said i'm always bumping my gums people always listen to what i have to say i'm always telling stories i want to hear what other people have to say so i'm going to carry this with me and when I meet somebody and I talk with them, and it was actually almost my undoing because I spent too much time doing this, I said, I'm going to see if they want to sign my book. So these books, I've been going through the years since I started doing that. That was in 2015. Um, 
I'm on book number nine. I'm, I'm closing out number eight, and I've already started book number nine. So I can't even imagine how many thousands of signatures and these little epitaphs and these stories and these jokes and these people give me money. <clears throat> I swear to God, Denver, one of the strangest things in the world to me <clears throat> is people go, "What? excuse me, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm riding a thousand miles in 24 hours. No kidding. And then I'll chat with them a bit and I'll break out my book. Next thing I know, they're handing me money. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa I, don't, I don't need that money. I just, I just explained a little bit about myself. And I'm telling you, I ride 80,000 miles a year. Don't get me wrong. This is not funny. I can probably afford this. I, I don't need gas money. I don't need lunch money or whatever. I think people just want to feel like they're a part of it. So I take that money and I stash and I put them in my books. So you can open up any one of these books and there's stickers. There's money. There's poems. There's jokes. There's stories. There's, it's just they're just full. I, I just pull them. I've never read one front to back, and I just pull them out every now and then at random and open them up and just see what's in it. And and the shock value of the memories, because it takes you right back, right back to that time. I mean, and and because I tell these stories all the time and I see them that come off my tongue real easy. I call it my spiel, you know, and I, I can get it out there. So it helps me when I journal that I can look back through my books and go, okay, that's where I was there. And now I can remember the rest of that story that goes along with it. And then it gives all that positive reinforcement, just like remembering people's names, right? If you can use positive reinforcement, you'll always remember people's names. So this helps me remember about all these incredible, unique places and stories that go along with them that I have. I remember the first girl. It, it was a girl. I was in, uh, um, I was in Missoula on the 48 and 10. And I'd stopped in and I had to have some coffee. I was just freezing to the bone, man. I mean, I didn't have the heated gear or anything. I was running leather bib overalls. And now I'm all climb gear with heated gear. I'm plugged in. I'm ready for sound. You know what I mean? And uh, and I go in this big service station. There's like three girls working in there. And I don't know. It's about 1 o'clock in the morning. And I probably look like a crazy man. There's no doubt about it. I started ripping off this story to these <laughs> girls, these young ladies, telling them what I'm doing. And, you know, I'm a haired over old man, right? You know, I mean, I, I guess I probably do look like a creeper, but I'll get to that. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in this space suit, you know, looking thing and a helmet and everything. And and, and I ask these girls, y'all tell them I feel what I'm doing and everything. And they're like, wow. So I get these two girls to sign it. And then this third girl that's working there, I go, hey, your friend signed my book. You think you'd like to sign my book too? And she said, oh, no, are you some kind of creeper or what? And I'm like, excuse me? And she's like, that's just weird, man. Why would I do that? Are you, gonna, are you a stalker? Are you going to try to kill? I'm like, whoa, 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 time out there, honey. I said, let me explain something to you. I said, at the time, I said, you know, I think there's about 250 people in the world that have ever attempted or finished this ride, period. There's, there's 8 million people on this planet. And I'm trying to be successful at it. I said, I think that's kind of a big deal. That, that makes me kind of a big deal. Not really. It is in my eyes, but maybe not in the rest of the world. They probably just think I'm a fool, right? But I said, but you know what? You could be something. You could be a part of this. It could be something very unique. I said, and you didn't have to be anybody in particular. I said, you could have been Daisy Duck. You could have been Minnie Mouse. You could have been any sort of character you wanted to be, and you could have signed in my book to be part of it. And she said, oh. Well, since you put it that way, I'd love to sign your book. And I looked at her and shook my head and put it inside my vest. And I said, no, ma'am. I'm sorry. I hope that young girl <laughs> is listening to your podcast so she knows she's the first one. <laughs> now, I think it was Riot that told me, I mean, you inspired him to do the same thing. And 
think he carried that book for a long time until he ran into you. And I think if I remember right, I you the were the first, first person, person to sign his book. It was my honor to sign his book for him. We were, uh, him and I went together up to uh, Sturgis to vi- visit Legend Suspension because uh, the people at Legend Suspensions are very good friends of mine. And I ride their suspension on all my bikes. I have the Revo Arcs and I have the uh, Axial front ends. And, and uh, they are, Jesse and Tina Jurens are incredible people. Um, if anybody goes to my page, it's called Kenneth Andrews and his quest of the 40, the elusive 48 and 10. Um, they can, they can see one of the videos that used me primarily in it for their suspension. And I just, when I saw it, it's like a, a 59 second video. When I saw it, I was like, holy cow, that's me. Look at that. I'm, I'm a damn superstar today. <laughs> just incredible. And then they used me in a couple other, their pieces as well. And, and, uh, I've done multiple interviews with them and I'm talking about six hours in the day doing interviews and they sent them to me. So I have all of them in my archives as well. Things I can look back and I'm telling these stories just like I'm telling you. And, and, uh, and so it makes it, like I said, it makes it so much easier to recall and be fluid and make it where maybe other people want to hear it and maybe even inspire some other people Uh, like our friend. And I think Riot told you about him as well. Our friend K solo aspire to inspire, man. And I mean, that's, that's all the way down there. That means something nitty gritty all the way to the dirt, all the way to your heart. Uh, riding motorcycles like this to me is cathartic, man. It just opens up the whole world to me, it seems like. He's another guy that I would love to try to hook up with sometime to to hear some of his stories. I've followed his social media for, for quite a while. He is a, an impressive an impressive rider and a you know, I mean, I don't know him personally, but you're reading, you know, some of his posts and He's there. He just, he He's sounds there, like I've got person. his phone number God. if you want it. So <laughs> I'll make sure after the show you can have <laughs> Absolutely. That'd I actually, be freaking amazing. You know. Sorry. And I'm I sorry, heard. I uh, speak oh, go ahead. Uh, when Riot told me, he said, oh, hey, no. I'm going to recommend go for you. It, I said, wow, that's cool, man. I appreciate that, you know, because I've done a few podcasts in other areas and stuff like that. I said, I said. I said, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend K Solo. Maybe he'll talk to him. And I called Solo. I said, Are you up for it? He said, I'm up for it, man. I said, Okay, well, I'll bring your name up then because we all share on our side of the fence here. We're when people say about the biker community or the rider community, because I consider myself more of a rider, but I think a lot of people look at me and go, No, you really are a biker. And I'm like, Well, yeah, but I'm a rider. But no, you live the life, you live the style, you're even though I'm not an MC, but I am in Hoka Hay, and that's that's my Hoka Hay family. I mean, that's my tribe, so that's important. But it's not a club or any affiliation like that. Um, and I've had to explain myself across the country on many occasions so that people understand. But uh, you know, we're we're different. We're a different cut. We're a different breed. And I recognize those people when I'm when I'm riding on the highways and I see other people out there. I can see who they are, you know what I mean? By just by looking at them, the way they carry themselves, the way they talk, I can tell if they're more like us or if they're more like them. And I don't have anything about them because I have helped a lot of them see what this is. And they've come over to this side and went, hey, I want to be more like that. You know, if that makes any kind of sense, I'm sure it does because, you know, you, you have a program talking about it all the time, right? Well, it's, it's the support. Kind of like now I've heard I heard a story and this does involve you. Of course, I got it from from Riot when he was doing his forty eight state run, which his goal was eight days. He was kind of whether he said he was getting sick or getting tired down in the uh, 
southwest corner of the United States. He called you, and you kind of, in some ways, and maybe I'm putting it the wrong way, dropped everything to go help him complete his run. Basically, your taillights guided him for quite a ways when he felt he was he, he in was a bad looking, place. He, he was looking finish. a little rough, and uh, and I took off, and I met him in Paris, Texas, and I knew his route already because I was watching him, and I took off at about. I don't know. I think I took off in my house at about midnight so that I could coincide with running into him there. And Paris, Paris, Texas has this big Eiffel Tower. And right next to it is this incredible uh, military monument and memorial that's there. It is just sock full of all kind of things you can't even imagine. Uh, the guy that turned it on to me, this guy's name is Copeland. Um, uh, Mr. Copeland, as part of the, he's, he, he's the Texas state sponsor for the tour of honor so he shows this all to everybody else and i've been there a couple times already and i tell i i know right i said hey I, I know a perfect place you can meet me at you're gonna meet me here and this thing has these big gates with the american flags on it and it's just it's uplifting man it's incredible that mr copeland's dad was a was a vietnam uh, veteran and he was in the hanoi hilton for about four years so so this guy lost his dad in vietnam for four entire years of his life locked down the hanoi hilton and his dad was like one of the first guys when they released all the prisoners from the hanoi hilton his dad was like the first guy off the airplane you see these iconic photos of these guys coming off the airplane and his dad was that guy and uh so I knew it'd be uplifting right there to Ryan. And I knew it'd be uplifting to see me because we're Hoka Hay buddies. And he chased me on the Hoka Hay for a few days. And we have a great story, you know, how we came together to be friends. And and uh, I said, I'm going to drag you along, buddy. I'm going to pick you up in Texas. I'm going to take you through Arkansas. And I'm going to show you where you can stop. He actually stopped in a town called Falk, Falk, Arkansas. And that's where the legend of Boggy Creek is with it, right? <laughs> I don't know if anybody's ever heard of it the Fout monster before, but that's, that's where it is. I said, you're going to go there and you, there's a gas station. You'll be able to sleep right there. So I took him across the state. And when we hit the state line for Louisiana, him and I actually pulled over on the side of the road so we could say a couple words to each other and, and have a good embrace and, and, and post him up a little bit. And I even showed him something that could help him with his uh, mental acuity further along the way. And I said, don't use it until you need it. And uh, um, we were sitting there talking and, and just like nothing, I just look at him and went, this truck comes and he is over the halfway over on the shoulder where we are. He's over the wild wash strips and he just barely, I mean, we feel the wind off of him. He just barely misses us. And I'm looking at the truck and I'm like putting my hand up on right to move him. And the guy goes back out on the road. I just look at Ryan and go, wow. <laughs> it's like, wow. And then we just continued our conversation. Like nothing ever happened, you know? Yeah. But I, I'm sure that was a big boost for him because he was, he was riding hard, incredibly hard, and, and anything that could help a fellow brother of mine when he's out there doing something like that, I get on it. And I think you know it just it it speaks to the community. I mean, you know, you got a brother that needs help. It's the middle of the night, and you're there. I mean that, you know. I mean, I don't know. It gives me chills in a way that you know the the respect and, and what it is in the community that we have for each other and what you did for yeah, that is absolutely. I, I find we, absolutely awesome. You know, we have tendencies of course now with the Bluetooth and everything like that and the headsets. And if you're riding a good, you know, I'm, I'm an at guy. I don't press it on anybody else, but I know what it's done for me. It saved my life on multiple occasions. And with the good helmets, I wear a shoey myself and I use, uh, 
I'm a, a, a Senna guy, Cena, however they want to say it. And, uh, you know, with these Bluetooth communications and everything, <laughs> you got everything, not, not Hoka Hey, but with everything else, you got it right there at your ear. You got it right there at your fingertips. I ride, I've got, I got two X grips up in front of me and I got an iPhone in each one of them. Uh, one's Verizon, one's AT&T. So I try to keep my service running at all times. I run a Garmin 665 Zumo and I've got my Harley, my Harley tracker as well, GPS up in front of me. So we have all this information and these tools available to us, you know what I mean? That we can see and we can talk and we can hear. I have friends call me when I'm in the middle of these big rides. I've done uh, 4,000 miles in four days, 2,000. I've, I've ridden the, what they call the rat, which is the outline of Texas, the ride around Texas, uh, coast to coast to coast in four, 96 hours. That's uh, 4,884 miles where you go from the, and that's what it's called, the 100 CCC. They give you 100 hours to go from coast to coast to coast. And and people that do it, right, it's done something similar. Um, you generally get you a sample of seawater and sand from each side and you take them as that's that's your reward. That's that's your that's your trophy. I have mine sitting in, in a curio at the house and I just walk by and look at him and go, I can't believe I did that. As a matter of fact, I'm on my 100 CCC, my, my friend Ken Coward and I were taking off in the morning and his bike takes a crap on him and he's got to go to Tallahassee to try to get it fixed. And it still didn't get put together. And he moved himself over from a street glide over to a road glide. And he'll tell you that was the reason that made him change. Uh, so he didn't go do this ride with me. And I do yeah. it. I, I, 21 hours. I'm, I'm already 1,500 miles in 21 hours. So I have a great first leg. And my friend Reese, Sharif Asidic, who's a very good friend of K Solos, comes out and meets me out in Arizona. And he's going to take me in. And we're going through the mountains of Southern California. And my dumb ass thinks it's a great idea that since it's a full moon, I'm going to take a picture over my shoulder of the moon. I get a shot and I'm looking at it and I'm following him. I'm following his taillights through the mountains. And I'm like, that's not very good. I could do a better shot than that because I'm just taking a picture from my cradle with my phone. It, it, you hate to self-deprecate, but sometimes you got to tell off on yourself. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking around. It's cloudy and I'm trying to orient. <laughs> I'm trying to find that big blazing moon that's, that's hanging out here like a big orb in the sky. And I find, I go, there it is. And I turn back and look and I'm heading right for the retainer wall. And I'm like, uh-oh, we got a problem. We got a problem here. So, so I grab everything and I'm trying to <laughs> lean. And then I hear the semi right next to me over here barking, every, grabbing everything. And this guy saw it. I know he saw it before I did. And I'm looking, I'm going, and I've heard people say this, and it's an absolute fallacy because I've been here before. Uh, people say, you don't put a bike down. I'm like, wrong. You stay with the bike. Stay with the bike. That's number one priority. The bike will get you out of it. But you don't want to go off a cliff. Because I've been there in Southern California, and there's a lot of big rocks no. there and stuff. That sudden stop is, like, brutal, right? So <laughs> I know what's coming if I do that. So I'm at a lean point that I'm like, hey, this is probably as good a place for me to kick off as anywhere. And I got off of my bike, and I didn't get high. I low-sided off. The bike didn't high-side. It went sliding down the interstate. I'm sliding down the interstate. I I end up on my hands and knees looking at traffic coming right down the road right at me, man. Right, right, right straight in the eye, man. And I'm like, oh, no, this is bad, man. So, they, hey, uh, luck be a lady, I'm okay. I, I looked at my, my pointer finger on my, my right hand, and it's faced the wrong way. And I went, oh, no. And I popped it back in place. And I got a little road rash. And, and I look at Reef and walk over to him. He said, <laughs> I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm calling my friend with a trailer. I said, what? 
He said, I'll call my friend with a trailer. I said, help me pick this bastard up, man. We'll ride out of here. He said, what? I said, yeah. He said, what? I said, help me pick this thing up, man. We're getting out of here. There uh, happened to be a border patrol agent that was on the side <laughs> road. He came up and he's looking at me and he's flashing, looking in my eyes. He said, are you okay? I said, I'm okay, man. I'm in the middle of doing something here. I got to go. All, all this time I built up when I got to Reef's house because I made it. We went to the ocean and I stayed the night at Reef's house. And I had to spend all this time cleaning up my road rash and putting my bike back together that I had already bankrolled from the first leg. So this put me in a deficit trying to get back across again to do the hundred. And, and I made it. I, I got it done. I, I believe me, I, I, li- I live through to tell the story, but it's incredible. Oh Jesus! I could only imagine that Border Patrol's eyes said, watching. You think that bike's gonna start? I said, "Oh, the bike's gonna start." There's no doubt about it. The bike's gonna start. Let's, let's just pick it up. You help me. My 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 wrist is hurt. <laughs> help me pick it up, right? <laughs> crazy! It's craziness. <laughs> and I it goes all over the place. I we can oh. we can do this all day, man. <laughs> I know it's too funny sitting here talking to this, and you're. You know, you're down in Arkansas, and I look at my little cradle I have on my desk, and here's my freaking riding the Ozarks map yeah. of riding all yeah. the runs that you got down there. It is. The Ozark uh, Moonshine Run. That'd um, be fun. We got the pig trail. The pig trail's awesome. And then when you get anywhere up in that area over there, of course, Scenic Highway 7 through Arkansas is absolutely stunning. Um, I live on Highway 5, so if you ever – if you come, if you look west from Little Rock, the town is Benton, and Highway Five from there runs over to Hot Springs, which is an iconic little town tucked back in a valley in the mountains where all the gangsters used to hang out back in the day. And uh, Highway Seven goes through there, and just from my house, riding there forty miles is one of the best rides you could ever think to do anytime ever. So if I just want something to do just to put around. That's what I do. I just I come out of my neighborhood and take a left, and I'm riding one of the most beautiful rides you could even imagine that takes you into an area where all these other rides are as well. So Arkansas is an incredibly beautiful state for riding, and there's no doubt about it. And the highest, uh, a lot of people don't realize, but the highest elevation in Arkansas is like 2,753 feet, I think, Mount Magazine, which is an incredible ride over there in and of itself. And uh, it's the Talamina Trail beautiful runs runs a ridge on top of these mountains and you can look down both sides of it and when you say 2700 feet people are like well that's not really very high in elevation i say well when you think about it it really is because you start at 400 feet elevation so you're actually rising up 2300 feet elevation and that's pretty cool and and a couple of the others that are seen that are kind of like that uh, it's like uh when you ride the blue ridge and you get up into the jefferson and washington national forest and it's a little bit higher that's probably about 4000 5000 feet but you can look off both sides of the mountain from the road that you're riding on way down there into all these beautiful towns and valleys and everything on both sides. Just breathtaking. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. We got some great, I mean, like for me over here in the Olympic Peninsula, I mean, we could head out. Well, right now you can't because part of highway One Twelve is washed out and I don't know when they'll fix it, but you can ride along the Strait of Juan de Fuca all the way out to the Pacific ocean, you know, ride the whole straight and, it's freaking beautiful. We got the North Cascades Highway up in northern Washington, which is open seasonal through the late spring into summer, and it shuts down in the fall. But, man, that is one mistakable ride. That's actually one of Harley's oh, 
50 Seen rides for 50 yet, states been, this year. I've been on Cascades that. That's absolutely correct, man. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's freaking breathtaking. I have a so uh, what year's your road ride you're riding right now? That you got? I ride one of them. One of them is kind of my beast. She's got a big built-up stage four, uh, uh, one hundred seven with a stage four, and she's about a hundred twenty-six horsepower. She's just a monster, and she's my pretty. I try not to do uh, too many iron butt rides on her, but uh, this last Hoka Hay, my my friend Ken accidentally hit me, and and I. Uh, the first we're first day into the Hoka Hay and about 1100 miles in it's about 930 at night and we're just crushing it we're doing great and uh just a mistake and and he rear-ended me and it put me down the highway and I went down another of them instances I'm looking at the traffic coming at me again I'm like why me God why 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 me but but I'm fully geared up so I'm good I don't have a scratch on me so the first thing is flight and I gotta go so as I start running, I believe I was running towards Ken to try to make sure he was ha- okay because he's down on the other side of the interstate. And we just happened to be on a short jog, sometimes in the Hoka Hay, which all secondary roads, generally two-lane. Sometimes to get you, they have to use an interstate to get you to the other side of this feeder to get you back on that state highway. And this is one of them, maybe about a 15-mile stretch. I don't really recall exactly what it was, maybe 20. Um, but when he hit me, I went down. I popped up. Well, the first thing going through my mind is I got to get out in the middle of the interstate because I'm going to get killed here. And the first thing I did, I take a couple steps to run and an SUV hit me and spun me around. And when it spun me around sideways, the next one came through, ran over my right leg. And I had a compound tip fib fracture oh. about eight inches, 10 inches above my ankle. I had about four inches of bone hanging out of my leg. It was terrible, man. I, I went to stand up. And I see my little old foot hanging down there, like flopping around. I'm like, oh, no, man, that's bad. <laughs> so I stay back down. And I'm having to roll out of the interstate because I know I got to get out of the interstate because I'm going to die out here. And every time I roll, I see my little old foot would just kind of flop over <laughs> every time. I'd roll over and flop over. I'd roll over and flop over until I got on the other side of the road. Man. I was like, good Lord. <laughs> so I'm back up riding. I'm doing well. <laughs> I should oh, laugh about God. that. I'm sorry, Lis- listeners. I'm I sorry. I, I don't mean to make light of it. Um, I'm very blessed that I am here today because I've had some substantial uh, situations where it could have went otherwise. And, uh, and sometimes it just works out for us and sometimes it doesn't. We lost a dear friend of ours on the Hoka Hay and, and many of others of our Hoka Hay brothers and, and riders in general. I, I've lost friends on motorcycle riding. It is inherently dangerous, and we should do everything in our power, absolutely at all times, to make sure that we're trying to wear the best gear and keep our heads on a swivel. They say it. Um, even playing these games that we play, like with America's Ultimate Long Distance Riders and, and the Tour of Honor and riding the Hoka Hay and riding the, these rallies with Iron Butt Association, riding these Iron Butt Rides, seeing these iconic sites, it teaches you this developmental skill of, you are always scanning everything. You're not getting that highway hypnosis. Your head is moving because you're looking for things. And this opens up an entirely new world like you spoke about at the beginning of this. You're seeing, you're smelling, you're hearing, you're feeling absolutely something different than what everybody else in the world is. It's riding around in a cage. Well, that's like me with the motorcycle. I mean, when I'm riding, I'm always looking in my mirror, see what's behind me. But I'm not just watching the car in front of me. I'm watching the car in front of him and maybe that next one and their brake lights. I'm, I want to know what they're doing more so than, than the car in front of me because you want to be able to maneuver. And 
you got to be very defensive, but you know, yeah, it's, it's something that, you know, you and I both have a passion for and, you know, I mean, I've got scars and I've, Hey, here we bones, are. We're talking about it, right? How about that? I'll never that's, that's stop. That's unique in and of itself. I, and all the mementos that go with it. I mean, I have the pins. Yep. I have I have an entire board. People ever want to look on my page and go, look, I have an entire board full of these pins or these iron butt rides. And I have another one to put up as well. And my poker chips I was talking about. And these, I have stickers from everywhere. I have a sticker collection from hell. It's gorgeous. Uh I have two full hiking sticks. People see them from the National Park badges, the hiking badges. I have two full hiking sticks that are full of those badges and another gallon bag full of badges. I could probably make two more hiking sticks out of uh, the magnets, the the bottle openers. I mean, my collection of worthless stuff is incredible, man. <laughs> it's like it's like. Well, hey, don't worry, because oh, here perfect. soon you're going to get a couple more stickers in the mail for me. I'm going to ship nice. you out send you a few of the V-Twin Life stickers you can add to your collection. I, I take my patches, and I use them as my fundraiser. And If people make donations to me, and I, I look for a $5 donation for a patch, but um, I'll send them a patch back and a handwritten letter because I'm one of them guys. I don't want to do an email with you. I want to write you a letter, and I want you to send me a letter. And, uh, and I'll, I'll send, I got a couple of pins that I like. I got a don't tread on me and, and a statue of Liberty pin. And I got my sticker and my patch and, and yeah, I send some, a couple of things. So I make it, I make it kind of groovy, you know, and, uh, it's it, that people may get it and throw it in the trash. I don't think so. Cause I know when they send their things to me, I keep them. I mean, I, I love those things. I have tubs full of that stuff that it, I just love to flip through and go, Hey, I remember where I got that. I mean, my 48 States in 10 days, I went through, uh, uh, Wapton, uh, North Dakota. That was my point to hit North Dakota. And it cuts across to Fergus Falls. And I pull off in there and I meet these police officers and they're like, hey, you're not going to be able to get through town. I'm like, why not? They're like, we're having blue goose days. I said, hmm. I said, well, I got a little bit of time to burn here. Uh, can I get a beer by here somewhere? And they're like, yeah, before you get to where everything is all closed off, the streets are all closed off and get across the river place there called the oasis and i jump off in this place the oasis i saddle up to the bar and this this bar is it's got a stripper pole behind the bar they're having a shuffleboard tournament they're playing cards they are gambling at a card table over in the corner i can't tell this whole story on radio but i'll share it with you sometime but the, the lady dealer is like in her 80s yeah. And she has this pin on. And I ask, they tell me who she is and how long she's been dealing there, which is forever. And I tell her my story. And she writes me this whole story in my book. I mean, this whole long couple page story. And I give her one of my stickers. And she gives me her Blue Goose Days pin that's like from 25 years ago. And I have this pin in my collection. Every time I look at it, I think about that little old lady car dealer going, what a peach, man. That that lady that lady has been hanging. There. There's no telling who would like to get their hands on that pin, even though it may not mean anything else to anybody else in the world. But you know what? In that area right there, and in Wapton, which does have a World War One Doughboy statue, happens because uh, I went back there a few years later to go pick it up. But I have that lady's pin. As a matter of fact, to tie into that story, I hate to drag on. I did come back through there a couple years later, and. Oh, I go, go for this World War One Doughboy statue that's at the courthouse, and I pulled up there, and I'm kind of parked a little janky out on this corner, so I can get a good picture, and I got my flag out, and this police cruiser pulls up, and I'm like, "Oh, great!" 
<laughs> here we go, you know. But I'm not doing anything wrong. I got time. So this officer comes up. There's one big officer. He gets out of the passenger side and this other officer. And, and this guy starts giving me this grill. And I break out my ID and insurance. I got everything readily available in the cubby hole there on my bike, which is a good thing people should do. You should always have all your identification ready so you don't have to go digging through things. We don't need to make police officers unhappy. When police officers approach me, I automatically make sure I take my helmet off. I mean, I'm going to try to show as much respect in the world to them. And it just diffuses the whole situation. So I'm trying to diffuse it with this guy, but he's kind of angry. And I start telling my deal. I said, hey, you know, I've actually been here before. And I'm talking to the one officer and he's a younger guy. And the other guy looks at me. He says, I know who you are. I said, you do? He said, yeah, you were here a couple years ago. You, you were doing you were riding like all 48 states in 10 days or something. I said, I absolutely was. I said, I took a picture here with like four officers. He said, yeah, that was my captain. He said, if you remember, my captain looked at one of those officers. He said, hey, come here. He took your phone and handed it to me and said, go take this picture of us. So he's the one that took the, he wasn't even in the picture. He's the one that took the picture of it. And he <laughs> remembered me. And this is like four or five years later, mind you, right? That is awesome. And so I had the junior officer that is that awesome. was very new sign my book and I'm about to put it away. And he's like, whoa, 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 don't I get to sign it? I said, did you sign it before? He said, I did. Don't I get to sign it this time? And he's a big guy, man. He's about six, four, six, five. I'm like, you absolutely can. <laughs> Let me offer this right up to you, buddy. Have, have a good time with it, right? So, yeah, so he's, he's one of a few people that signed my book twice. <laughs> That's awesome. But, like, you know, when you're talking about you send stuff, I do the same thing. When I send sticker to somebody, I, I put a little personal note in there, all right, to every person. Because I had a, a guy is a, is a sent me a gift here for Christmas that I had on my podcast early, sets or pendants out of Texas. Well, he owns a big print shop, and so I'm slowly kind of doing some little bit of YouTube stuff, you know, updates about the podcast. He made me this huge four-foot-by-two-foot V-Twin Life podcast sign. He made me another, I think it's two-and-a-half-feet-by-two-and-a-half-feet or two-feet-by-two-feet, and it has my V-Twin Life logo in the middle of it, and on the top is sticker board. So I put everybody's stickers on it, and I'm lining the whole edge of it I'm going to line with my poker chips. And so people send me stickers. I put them up on the sticker board, but it's like he also as a gift sent me, God, it must have been 150 of my stickers. And I bought some early on when I started this. And, you know, I'd sell a few for, you know, four bucks, five bucks. But it's like when somebody, you know, he gave me a whole bunch as a gift. It's like, man, I I can't sell something that, you know, as a gift. So a lot of those, it's like I go places, I hand out, you know, dealerships or, you know, guys, little contests I'll do. And, or, you know, you guys on the podcast, I, I like to send, you know, a couple stickers to everybody I have on just a little way to say thank you. You know, I include a little note that, and that's how that's how sticker trades and swaps. Right? And it's a lot of fun. That, that's how we connect ourselves, connect the dots. That's how we get. I, there isn't anywhere that I go in the country as much as I've been. And I, I get places. I have people. Hey, they're sending me a message. Hey, Ken, you're coming through. Why don't you stay at my house? And. You know, you, you don't want to put anybody off and you don't want to miss anybody. But it's like, you know, you've got these other things that you're doing. You, you kind of like have to beg off. But sometimes when you can, you can. But you built this you build this entire network, especially with the Iron Butt Association and just as much with the Hoka Hay. Because the Hoka Hay is so the bond, the bind, the, the people that are together, the, the people that are successful and the people that are not, the 
the the spirit of it. Everybody just they get filled with it when they get done with it. It's the same with the IBR. The IBR, one of the big things about the IBR, I thought I'd touch on this for a second, is when you join the IBR, when you get a certified ride-in, you get a five-digit number, and, and that's your number for life. My, my number is 55534. You should turn your paperwork in and get an IBR number, IBA number, excuse me. So my first one's 55534. I think they're close to the 80,000s, if not in the 80,000s now. So that's 30,000 riders ago since I got mine in 2013. Um, but when you do the IBR, when you are a finisher, one of the biggest rewards that you can be proud of that I'm, I'm absolutely blown away about, besides being a gold medal finisher, is you get a three-digit number. They reserve the first 2,000 numbers for IBR finishers only. My number is 594. There's just over 600 finishers right now. There have been more people in outer space than there have been people that have finished the IBR. That is, that is, that's, that's impressive. You know, it's like I said earlier, I mean, that you take the IBR and you take the Hoka Hey, that is an elite group inside of a community that there are, I mean, there's not many of you guys, but mentioned in it, group be mentioned awesome in the, even be, no, it's, it's just nuts. I mean, it blows me away. It, yeah. Tell me, wow. And I look at them and they're, they're, they're right. Because I'm all over social media. I'm a social media whore and I love it. I have, I write stories all the time. I share yeah. about my friends and these places that I go. And, and it, I mean, it, it's just wonderful to share this across the board and hear other people's experiences and give them new ideas and, and people look at me for a little bit of mentorship and stuff like that. And I don't mind. I'm in. I've, I've given people enough information where they've used it against me to beat me at things. And I'm, I don't have a problem with it. You know, it's great, right? It is. It's a lot of fun. And it's, you know, I mean, from some of the stories you got from Riot and, you know, the idea of carrying the book is just awesome. And that's, that is my, the one thing that one of my little next trips when I go to Walmart is, Grab a few one of them in, the, change colors in my tour pack of so them for future ones, so you can kind of keep them together. The hint, yeah, yeah. I, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry. A good idea. Uh, I've, I've, I probably know seven or eight people. I, I wish I could attribute to the person that I got the idea from. It wasn't specifically a book, but I've, I saw somebody that put something along that line that jogged a little one of them dead brain cells in the back of my head back there that went, Hey, I got an idea. It wasn't really mine, but I had an idea, you know, and, uh, and I've used it and it's, I'm in so many different places. I mean, I've told you about these 5,000 sites I've logged. I've logged over 350 statues of liberties across the country. The second oldest statue of liberty is in Paragould, Arkansas, in the state that I live in. It's put there in 1918 and, and uh, to honor our World War I doughboys. That's the second oldest, second tallest is in Memphis, Tennessee, and it sits out in front of the World Overcomers Church, about 145 feet tall, and she is called the Statue of Liberation, and her up, right, up, uprise right hand is a cross, and then her left hand is the Ten Commandments. It says, return to Christ on the pedestal. When they, when they, uh, she's got the seven crowns, she's got the seven spikes in her crown, in front of her crown, golden crown, it says Jehovah, 
And each one of the seven spikes have the seven names for God that are used in the Bible. When they unveiled this thing, it just blew people away because they had this huge unveiling. This this artist did this whole thing and has a prayer room underneath it. And these people all started saying that this church was going to use this prayer room to worship the statue. And the pastor of the church at that time said, we'll have none of this. They locked the prayer room and they built a spike fence all the way around it to close it down so nobody could do something bad or say bad things about what their intent was. Isn't that incredible? I digress. <laughs> oh, this has been a blast, man. I, I, really I, I love it. I love it. Um, I, I told you about Justin Long with Long Riders Radio, and I absolutely like to promote anybody. I'll, I'll be promoting you to Justin as well. And, of course, Riot starting his up. I can't wait to – I bet he'll probably have you on. May as well, right? I even have yes. my own – mine. And people call me Go Home Ken, by the way. I just want to correct that a little bit. Um, okay. Because, yeah, my, a friend of mine, uh, he's a retired police officer down in Florida, Michael Brennan. He's a super cool guy. But um, I was outside the – I was outside a National Cemetery of Fort Sill. And uh, I was waiting for the gate to open. I was in the middle of an iron butt ride. And I'm like, man, I'm going to lay down here on this curb. I'm going to get me a nap. It was a little chilly, but the asphalt was nice and warm. I don't know if you know how that feels, but to me, it's kind of like, oh, this is good, man. I had my head on the curb and, and I'm laying there and the guy comes up to open the gate and kicks me on the foot. He's like, hey, you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm just waiting for you to open up the cemetery, man. He's like, oh, okay. And, and I'm laying there and I just got to pull my phone out to, to look at the Facebook before I get rolling here too quick. My old bones. And I popped this picture of the national cemetery sign and my friend michael brennan he put a banner across the top of my picture that said go home ken and i said well i'm going to incorporate that in my sticker and i'm going to show you my ideas and and let you know that you're the guy that came up with my my road name because i've never had a road name or anything like that before right that's pretty cool yeah yeah love it yeah, i said i said that uh just over at Long Rides Radio Message. I think it's pretty crazy. He's actually here in Washington, too. I don't he know is. where at. I, I just know he's in the state somewhere. Yeah, he is. Uh, he, I think he's a little further around down the sound there, but I know y'all are really close to each other. That's for sure. Yeah, that's pretty funny. He, he has a great program as well. I, I can't wait to hear more of your episodes. I've, I've been really busy with work. I have a company. I'm a commercial industrial contractor, a builder, and uh, my daughter's made me uh, bring, bring my resolve back to the table and work a little bit harder in the business. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like putting a finger on me. She said, hey, you ain't doing that anymore, big boy. And I'm like, okay, all right. So so I've been really busy, but I've been looking forward to go back and look at some of your other episodes as well. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Riot, actually, his second one came out this morning. I, I listened to it this morning. I think it's it's pretty cool. I got him onto the same format. and It's a great way to to help get your message out or even – doing this, you know, talking yeah. to other people, hearing stories, sharing stories, and just getting more interactive within the, the community. It's amazing. The people are incredible. You get a Wendy Crockett on your show. She's the, um, at the last IBR, she's the first woman to win an IBR. Incredible. 12,998 miles in 11 Jesus. days on a BMW. She's, she's a renter. Her and her husband have a shop. She's a, she is an incredible, I think this is like her eighth or ninth IBR. I'm, I'm going to be going into my second one. So I'm still kind of a noob in this, in the rallying world and everything like that, and, and it, which is a totally different experience from riding the Hoka Hay or just out here riding because you're on a clock and you're timed. And, but 
all of these different rallies are set up on different premises. Uh, one that I do every year that I love uh, by a lady named Lynn Carey is called the Rock and Ride Rally. And every one of the sites that you go see are these famous rock and roll sites and country music sites across uh, across the country. It's incredible. They, they set them up. These places are just so neat that you would normally never go see. You, you would never go see. I've, I've been to the site where Leonard Skinner crashed at. There's a big memorial there. I mean, you know, you just wouldn't see these things if you don't do it. I did one, a nitwit rally. It was at Halloween, and it was all these horror sites. It was these these lunatic asylums, these great, these haunted graves. I went to Aunt Jemima's grave, and they took her <laughs> off the bottle of syrup. I've been to her in Hearn, Texas, Aunt Jemima's grave. Been there, done that. It's incredible. You know, so they set them up on these different premises. The The last hot rally was set up on the, uh, is it the five uh, uh, cattle drive trails? that came from Texas all the way up to Kansas and Wyoming and everything else. All these iconic sites where all these cattle drives went through. And they, these, these rally masters, they call them all evil because they are. They put all these twists and turns on everything that you have to do. The one hot rally I did was the premise was all the, uh, the five flags that have flown over Texas. So the historical content that goes along with it. Uh, one, of, one of the IBRs was a um, – it was a – uh, National Crime Scene IBR, these incredible crime scenes from all over the country. You had to hit these different locations and do these different things that are associated with it. Um, one, of the, one of the IBRs, and I don't know what year it was, was a 48 states in 10 days ride. And the guy that came in first on it didn't know it, but like myself, he missed one of the states, and I think he missed Mississippi and he had it hands down one, and he didn't even realize that he missed that state, and he lost an IBR. Oh, damn. What would that do? Would that? Hey, all I was doing was just riding the 48 states in 10 days. I tell my story, people say, that's terrible. I'm like, well, there's this dude that did it in the IBR, man. You know, it's like, oh, no. You know, oh, no, man. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because your chances of winning an IBR are very, very slim. And it's like the Hoka Hey, it's a biennial event. So they're every two years and they're opposite years of each other. I think just finishing either the Hoka Hey or the IBR in itself yes. is, is monumental. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Um, I'm actually one of seven people that have ridden in both of them events. That's the, that's a little, another little silly number. I think I'm the second highest place Harley Davidson finisher. The, the highest, Harley Davidson finisher in the IBR is third place. And I believe me, I'm sorry. I don't, people could Google it. I'm sure and find it real easy, but uh, I know his motorcycles in the Harley Davidson museum. So I know that's a, that's a goal. Uh, the, my, my friends that ride, they, they all ride metrics. They're riding FJRs and KTMs. And every, one guy rode, one guy rode a, a Ninja 250. I, did the IBR on a Ninja 250. Can you imagine riding a Ninja 250 oh, a thousand miles? Hell no. <laughs> I wouldn't even want to do a cross-state trip on one. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that, that, that makes Iron Butt seem a little bit more Iron Buttish to me, if you say so, right? I'm excited to go check out the new Pan American scene. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I got a pretty sweet deal. I was over at a Harley shop over in Seattle, and... Actually, well, it's more bottom of the sound. My dad was having some work done on his, and I was, you know, handing out some stickers to the salesman guy and started talking to the, the head manager of the place. And 
we started talking about it. I said, you know, I can't wait to see when a person is like, when are you guys getting one? And we started talking, you know, I hand him some stickers and he's like, you got a podcast. I said, I do. He goes, dude, he goes, uh, put your number on the sticker. He goes, when we get one in, he goes, I'm going to call you. He goes, I want you to take it for a day and do a demo and do a review on, on your podcast. Oh. I'm like, serious. He goes, yeah. He goes, why not? He goes, why look at it when you can write it? Oh. Like, hey, dude, give me a call when it comes in. I will come over and gladly go do a demo day on it and come talk about it. That'd be freaking awesome. Um, either take your wild ass or your air hawk. I don't know which one you use, but take your. I got the wild ass. There you go, man. Wild ass is the lick. Um, I really like the air hawk as well. I'm not going to beat it up, but it actually hits me in a in, in my groin area that is. It, I have to swap it out, so I I generally stay with the air hawk. And and since I have my uh. I have my auxiliary pack mounted over my passenger seat. When I swap them, whichever one I'm not sitting on is in a cargo net up against that tank so I can lean back against it on my Barca lounger. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm rocking it out, man. I'm having a good time out there. I know people look at me. I'm eating a pizza. They're like, what is that? That guy's got a pizza. <laughs> I'm having soda. I'm eating a pizza. I'm watching a movie, right? I got <laughs> Oh, that is just awesome. Yeah, that's a way to ride, man. That's what it's about, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Man, Ken, hey, thank you so much for, for taking time out of your, your weekend and, and coming to Talking Bikes, man. So you just have your, your one Facebook page. So where can people tune in to find more info for you? Well, Kenneth Andrews and his quest of the Lucid 48 and 10 pops up the easiest. And generally, I, I kind of look and see who that person is. And then I'll decide whether I let him on on my, my personal page. It is Kenneth Andrews itself. And uh, because it just everybody, you know, some people are some people have uh, nefarious intent. And that's not what I'm looking for in this. Uh, I, I'm not going to put anything mean or cruel out there because I, I talk to a lot of people. I see I meet children. I'm in schools. I, you know, I, I, I talk to a lot of really good people in the world. So we don't like bad things going around. So the best way to get to me is with Kenneth Andrews and his quest of the elusive 48 and 10. It pops up. Usually you'll see a picture of me. It looks like I'm standing on the moon looking back at Earth. I had a friend of mine. Uh, we did the uh, the ride around Texas. I told you that. And we're on the ferry ride there. And it just looked perfect. This is the John Johnson is this ferry. And I'm standing there posted up in my spaceman suit. And this, this gal working there, she takes a picture of it. And uh, this lady that I know, Mickey, out uh, uh, Steve, Steve and Mickey Ditterich, but Mickey, his wife, uh, takes his picture and superimposes me on the moon with Earth behind me. And I'm standing there in my Superman pose. You know, it's just like it's a great picture. So that's what they'll see when that site comes up. That's awesome. Well, shoot, man. Thank you so much. dude. This has been a lot of fun. I've I've. I've been looking forward to this one, man. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. It was awesome. It's been a blast, Dad. I hope I didn't talk too crazy or disjointed or anything like that. I, I just get so excited about it. I get worked up, man. I don't. I can't even calm myself down. I'm like, I'm ready to get on my bike, and it's like 35 <laughs> out there. <laughs> Me too, man. Me yeah. too. It's like, we need to go ride, Denver. We've been wasting our oh. <laughs> Man, I can't wait for the day that we can cross paths somewhere on a road and, and find a good place to have a few wobbly pops. I'll be I'll be out that way coming up to, in June because that's the next IBR. They always run on the solstice, and any of your readers they ever think they want to take a ride and do the forty eight states in ten days, they should always remember that uh, June twenty first is the solstice, and that's the longest day of the year, which means you have the most daylight hours whatsoever to ride. Where you can get out of riding at night, 
I don't mind riding at night because I've I've got I've got eight auxiliary lights on the front of my bike, and when I light it up, it's like nuclear. You know what I mean? We're we're <laughs> we're gonna burn some trees and stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah. Well, hopefully, come come June or July, I'm going to be putting on a charity poker run up here in the peninsula. We got a, I got a 306 mile loop, and I got I got some work to do on on sponsors and getting some other people involved. But you know, I mean, yourself doing what you do, meeting Riot, you guys have been a huge inspiration. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna start with something small. I mean, just a good you know afternoon ride. But that's my plan for the summer, and I'm getting all my stuff, all my ducks in a row, and. It's going to be awesome. That That's generally how people do it. I'll keep an eye on that, man. If there's anything I can lend a hand at anything, I, if you'd ever like to have me back on again, I got more stories. I promise you that. I can dig them up. <laughs> oh, hey, dude, we could absolutely do that. Maybe sometime be cool is maybe like yourself and Riot or, you know, another somebody else that you really enjoy. Dude, we'll hook up, get a few people on. Oh, that would be, be crazy. That'd be nuts, man. You get like three people, and man, everybody can feed off. And the kind of the group episodes, those are a lot of fun to do. I, I have a friend of mine; he's coming to see me soon, and, and uh, um, him, him, and my wife and I, and him and his wife, we actually have the same uh, anniversary. I married on the same day, so he's coming. And he was talking to me one time, and, and I'm going to relate to this. I hate to drag you on, but we're, we're talking, and he, and he's like, dude. How come every time I tell a story, you have a story to match or better it? And I'm like, well, I'm not trying to be bad. This is just what me and my friends do. Because when, like, Ryan and I, and we met two other guys who came to see us when we were up in Sturgeon getting the Legend Suspension put on. And two other guys come out to see us. And one of them is a previous, uh, Chuck, Chuck is a previous uh, Hoka Hay rider himself. And we're telling stories. Chuck can tell a story. Ryan tell a story. Terry tell a story. I tell a story. It's the same story, but that was their experience with it, his experience with it, his experience with it, and my experience. So it's a round table, and, and nobody's offended. Nobody's upset about the whole dang deal. We're sharing each other to each other our experience of that same exact example, and every one of them are different. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. What It's awesome. And that's all the, the awesomest thing about doing this is sharing those stories they're here forever and now more people can hear them and it's it's just it's fucking awesome that's why i love love this i, I did a i did a story for a lady and a podcast for bike do some barbecue here in arkansas which is a huge rally and uh the, the lady said she said hey do 1500 words i gave her 1500 words and it was at the time when i did the 47 10 and did the 48 and 10 so there was a, a missing time frame and she's like what happened i said well let me i gotta come clean to you because i missed that 48 and 10 i did 47 and 10 i went and wrote it again but i wrote it the 1500 words she's like wow can you do more i'm like well how many you want me to do she said well can you do 3000 i said sure no problem i'll have it to you today i tapped this thing out that's incredible and i'm like i know it's great right and she's like like okay what's where's the best place what's the most iconic thing what is this that draws you i'm like i'm like well I don't, I don't know if it's all that I was there or I was there or here or there because all of that is the time of day, the night, the morning, the smell that was there at that time and it wasn't the next time because we all go through different places here and there again, right? She said, okay, well, well, just what is it about this that just drives you into doing it? I said, well, I said, one of the biggest things with me is I could sit here and I could tell you this story and I don't have to embellish on it. I can give you the story, plain Jane by rote, the way it happened. You're going to go, that's, that's not real. 
there's no way you can't no way that happened to you right and i'll be like yeah yeah and you're going to ask me enough questions that we're going to move to another story then we're going to move to another story and we're and it's going to continue on that as long as you want to go because i got them i'm here you know (laughs) how about that denver that's the way it works that's absolutely true and that's it's just the way of life amen amen it's been wonderful visiting with you today hey it has been absolutely awesome ken thank you so much for this and uh Absolutely, man. We are definitely going to be doing this again here soon. Right on. I hope everybody. I hope everybody enjoyed us. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. I can't wait to hear. It, it is. It will. This will. This episode will be coming actually Wednesday for everybody to to hear. There, there won't be a very short turnaround on this one because I've been busy and I don't have normally. I, I stay a little bit ahead, but I've just had so much stuff going on lately that I gotta I gotta get my buffer back. How often? <laughs> how often do you put your shows on? So my, my episodes air every Wednesday and every other Saturday. Oh goodness, you put a lot of them on. Yeah, this is uh, this episode here is actually what was cool a while back when I hit episode twenty. I thought, you know, this is awesome. You know, I kind of called you know a, a mile post, a, a mile marker of episodes. You know, you're you're almost at twenty five. Twenty five is half of fifty. It's like I'm going somewhere. And then when I hit. 25. I had Brad Columbus who owns Crash Inc. He's one of my sponsors and we had one of his good buddies. Like, you know, this is just, you know, it's like a big, it's a milepost. You know, I'm 25, you're halfway to 50, you're getting close to 100 and you're making, you're making headway. And a good friend of mine, Jason Setzer out of Texas, he's like, dude, he goes, you're onto something. He goes, why? He goes, every episode is a milepost. He goes, you're just, it's just one more milepost down the road, man. It's like, Dude, you're on to something. And after 25, we we changed them from episodes, and now we're on the mileposts. And I love that. When and when every episode comes out, oh, you know, I I get a picture whether that person sends me a great picture that they really like that means something to them. And now I lay over uh, in the corner of the picture is actually the highway milepost picture. Say if it's like this one, milepost 28. So in the corner of the picture. You're going to have a mile post 28 mile marker in the picture. Exactly. Exactly. It's just like hitting those iconic mile posts in Key West or Mattawasp. Yeah. Plane or right. It's all of them. It's great. Yep. So yeah, everyone now we are, we are passing mile posts with every episode and just we're moving on farther down the highway and it's a lot of fun. I, I thought it was super cool and I'm running with it. it when I, when I did the 54 iron butt rides in the year and I'm, I'm like knocking them out and I'm trying to make this happen and it's just going and, and it just seems so far away. And then I'm getting to the end of it and it's winter time and I'm going, Oh, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get one in this month. Cause it's snowing and raining and the clouds are breaking. I look at my wife go, I'm gone. And she's like, it's two o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, I'll be back tonight. I'll see you. I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> and then I backed it up the next year with 48 rides. So yes. <laughs> That is you awesome. keep hitting them mileposts, brother. You keep hitting them mileposts. I will. Amen. Hey, thank you so much, man. Hey, thank you all guys for tuning into the V-Twins Life Milepost 28. Hey, feel free to follow along the V-Twin Life on Instagram at the V-Twin Life underscore podcast. You can find us on Facebook with just the V-Twin Life. Hey, and if you like this content, feel free to hit that subscribe button and never miss an episode. We air new episodes every Wednesday, every other Saturday. If you share the passion and want to be a guest, hey, shoot me an email at the vtwinlife at gmail.com or you can shoot me a message on Instagram and or Facebook. So hey, until next week, ride safe, enjoy the open road, guys. We'll catch you on at the next mile post. <laughs>